Welcome to the Kinky Cast, a sexually explicit podcast. If you are under 18 years of age, stop the podcast now. This is episode 184 of our weekly exploration in the kinky world of BDSM and alternative relationships. Views expressed are not representative of the management of the kinky cast. We welcome guests with opposing viewpoints. Today, we bring you Slave Tina on service to the community. Here's your hosts, Woody and the Beast. Thanks, Max, and welcome to another edition of the Kinky Cast. Sitting in the very crowded room is the Beast. Hey, Woody. Yes, I've got the perfect view. Well, yeah, you do, don't you? Yeah. Turn to my right. Look straight ahead. I'm surrounded by lovely female flesh. But if you look to your left, it's me. <laughs> All right. 270 degrees of goodness. Yeah, well, fine. <laughs> yes, Woody, we got uh, Slave Tina in the studio from Baltimore. She drove down on an adventure. I hope it's been a good trip so far. It has. It's a nice excuse for a road trip to have some fun. And we have Jessie here that uh, our listeners probably won't be hearing, but she's off in the corner here. And we'll keep her entertained somehow. <laughs> sure. I can think of a few ways for that. <laughs> that that's that's for later this evening. We could have brought Bender up. Uh, it's so entertaining that the show would go off into the ditch. That's true. I, I tend to be extremely loud, and all of these mics would pick me up. So. Okay. Well, <laughs> sounds like fun. All right. Okay, meanwhile. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, this is going to be an interesting show, listeners. Tina, welcome to Tennessee. Thank you. You are not new, but you're not old in the community. How did you get to where you are? Where to start with that one? I've known about the community since the mid-90s. A friend, when I was living up in New England, introduced me to it uh, back in the days of IRC and online chat. Remember those days. That is a long time ago. It is a long time ago, and I did nothing with it. I, I was sort of of the opinion, no, you do your thing, no thanks. But I at least observed and read a lot of things that she gave me and learned a lot. And all of that stayed in the back of my mind for 15 years before I finally got brave enough to get past the insecurities and and jump in with both feet. So 2011, 2011. I finally got into the community. And What was the spark that lit the fuse that brought you in? A combination of things. My family, I, I just had a couple of members of my family pass away, and, and I was kind of feeling like I have no one that I have to answer to anymore. And determining what is it I want, what's out there for me, you know, what is it I've been searching for. And uh, at the same time, I went to an event with Tony Robbins, uh, who inspirational speaker, life coach, type of thing and uh, was an amazing event was definitely a life changer for me and came out of that going okay I, I know what I want and and I'm going to go for it and interestingly had a therapist at the time who tried to tell me that I had Stockholm syndrome I was doing this for my husband and I'm like no no it's the other way around he's doing this for me <laughs> and she did not believe me so it was time to move on to a kink-friendly therapist oh, that, boy. Point. Oh, that yes. must have been a tough one it was. I made her cry. She, I was, you know, how do you sit in a therapist's office and she's the one crying and you're not? Something <laughs> it was wrong a very with this awkward picture. moment. Yes, there was, there was yes. something wrong. Yes. 
as a 30 something, you came in. And this is not an uncommon thing as people are figuring Actually, out. Actually, no, I was 40 something. I'm trying to be nice to you here. <laughs> I thought I, I, I was much, probably 20 something. I am but much I older that than I look. I just turned 48. Actually. So this was a discovery of children already? or I have one son that's grown. I thought that he was aware a couple of years ago and had a very interesting conversation in discovering that he was not because I let things slip. And uh, that conversation was, was quite the moment because it was when I first met my master that I'm with now and I was headed here to meet him for the first time. And my son is on the phone with his girlfriend. I don't know what mom's doing. She's crazy. And uh, he looked at me and, and said, what are you doing? How do you know this guy isn't a pervert? And I go, I said, but he is a pervert. He's my kind of pervert. And he well, says, that must wait, have been what? an eye opener, huh? Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was like, I, wait, I thought you knew already. And he goes, no, no, what? He goes, wait a minute, maybe I don't want the answer to that question. <laughs> so we ended up having a sit down conversation and, and me explaining some things to him about FetLife and, you know, this, this website I'm on. I used to change details because I could swear he was going to find me on there someday and I didn't want him finding me. And, but he said something quite interesting. He said, why would Ed be on there? I, I don't want to be tied up, but I could see the wheels turning. So I just paused for a moment and he goes, I might want to do the tying. I'm like, see, I told you, I, I told you that's, <laughs> this is why I'm afraid you would find me there. No, 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 we're not going to be finding each other on. <laughs> but this situation with people coming in and having children that they have to share with at some point is becoming more and more common because we aren't. The small community, we have so many more people and so many more stories to tell now. You changed husbands too, didn't you, during this process? Yeah. This was a big change in your life that occurred in 2011. I I gave him another three years. He had no interest in, in changing anything about himself. I was growing. He pretty much made the choice not to, it seemed. So in that sense, we grew apart. Part of my process was was having gastric bypass surgery, so I dropped a lot of weight. That helped with my self-esteem as well, but I was already on that journey. And I remember saying to him the week of my surgery, I'm going to stop just existing and start living. You know, you're either going to find a way to keep up with me or you're not. And about three months after, as the weight was coming off, he pretty much indicated to me, yeah, I'm, I'm just not. He defines himself as a depressed person, and that's where he plans to stay, it seems. and That's unfortunate. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, you are presenting on that topic coming up very soon. Later today. For our local mass chapter here in mm-hmm. Nashville. So this is a topic that's important to you. It is. It is. I was very insecure, very low self-worth, and was a hermit, was at home on the computer all the time. Uh, addicted for for some time to an online game that I we was. all have been <laughs> pirates was mine. Sounds familiar. <laughs> mine was World of Warcraft. Ah. Eighteen hours a day, every day. Stop long enough to use the bathroom and get a bite to eat, and and a few hours of sleep and start all over again. And, uh, and to this day, of course, Master has said absolutely not. I I am not allowed to play. My all my friends know that. If I were to be allowed to play, no one would ever see me again, that I would be glued to the computer screen, and that would be the end of that. Well, just think how bad the movie was. 
I actually enjoyed the movie. So. You are an addict. <laughs> so self-esteem, you have been, um, you got off the computer, you got a new body. I did. And yeah. carry on. What was that? Tony Robbins teaches that there are six basic human needs. They are certainty, uh, which is essentially security. You want to, you want to, be sure you have a roof over your head right. and, and physically you're taken care of in other ways. Yeah. First level. Uncertainty. We need variety or, or we'll get bored. Um, significance. We all want to feel like we're significant in some way. We all need love and connection. Oftentimes we settle for connection when we can't find love. And then growth and contribution are a little bit less easily obtained. The, the first four are absolute necessities. The other two fill in more to fulfillment. But those are the ones that you had decided that you were going to start living instead of existing. And and I was the living them virtually. Yeah. When when I was online on the game, I he, he talks about all you need is three of them to, to meet at a five out of 10 and you're hooked. It's an addiction. I met all six of those at a 10 with, with the online game. And so when I finally learned those things and I tried quitting a number of times, but backing out, I, I knew that when I quit the last time, it would be, I'm not just trying to do the cold turkey thing. I'm just going to, as I find other things to fill those needs, I will back out slowly. And that's that's what happened. I just kind of slowly stopped playing over time. You faded away. I faded away because I faded into other things. Into, and what were those things? <laughs> a life. The world of kink and... All kinds of things, kink, poly, um, now master slave, you know, initially dominance and submission I was aware of, and that was the plan. Initially, it was about my ex and I trying to figure out how to do poly. He couldn't do that ethically, and finally got him to agree to allow me to find dominance outside of the two of us, and which is how I met my master now. But right away, when, when I got off the plane in Baltimore, knew this is not just going to be dominance and submission. There's definitely something else here. And But I was already at a point, too, where I knew the marriage was over. The, the ex did, too. Situation? To I came with? 2,000 miles. I was still in Colorado at the time. Oh, wow. And you got all of the stories that people <laughs> struggle with going on here. You know, people warn, don't, don't just you know, take a plane somewhere to meet somebody, you know, but I had, I had things in place. I had talked quite a bit with him on the phone. I had safe calls in place. People that knew where I was, knew who I was with. So I did all of those protective things. And I'm actually from Baltimore. So there are other family and friends that I could reach out to. And he did to meet you at the airport in the black rape van, right? <laughs> That's a big red, red, red flag. Yeah, red flag there, yeah. Yeah, and sure. I want one so badly. I told my play partner the other day, I want a black rape van. If you got one sitting in your driveway, you just got to paint it. We've had a running joke, actually, about how uh, the, the axes and chainsaws are hidden in the trunk somewhere or, or buried in the backyard. And, and then I just kind of roll my eyes at that. I, I know that's not true. My legend's always been the cheerleaders in the crawl space. <laughs> You discovered you replaced one life with another life, a yeah. much more full and vibrant one. Oh, yeah. I, w I went from complete chaos to complete peace. 
I read somewhere in my Facebook or somewhere that I have a meme that talks about a, a Buddhist quote that says, when you meet the right person, there aren't the butterflies in the tummy. It's a feeling of complete peace. And that's what I had when I met him. That absolutely developed into a lot more very quickly, despite the attempt to, yeah, we're going to do this right, and we're going to go really slow. Yeah, that didn't Never happen. Happens. Never <laughs> happens. It didn't happen at all. But you come from a micro community to yes. one of the more vibrant uh, kink communities in the yes. country. Was that a eye-opening experience? It was. When, when I say I was in Colorado, I was in the western side of Colorado, not, you know, everybody assumes when you hear Colorado, you, everybody thinks Denver. Denver. But Denver and Colorado Springs has the great big huge kink community, which I hear is wonderful. I've certainly met people from there, got to know some people from there, but I wasn't in that community. I was I was on the western half, which is, you know, for the entire half, what we call the western slope out there, maybe 20 people at the time. It was started off with about 20 people. I think now they're up to maybe 40 regulars. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't kept tabs on many of them. Because I did leave a life behind there that was pretty chaotic. So you moved to Baltimore where it's a much more diverse yes. community. Yes. There's a lot of variety, uh, a lot of things to do, a lot of classes, play spaces even, quite the variety. I came here from the uh, San Francisco Bay Area where we had a training class or something orientation going on practically every night of the week and then uh, play parties on the weekend. So, you know, when I moved out of that area, I said to myself, it's not the same world uh, when you get uh, off the coast. Right. It's not. Since being in Baltimore, uh, my master and I went out west last year to visit a friend of his for an extended period of time in Spokane, Washington. And I found their community to be very much like the one I had left in western Colorado. They certainly are bigger than what I had. They're probably a little bigger than where my old community should be now. But they're at that place now of they don't have a space yet, but I would think in the next few years they're, they're going to be at that place of having a space, uh, a play space. Um, so, so it's very interesting to meet that community. There's great people there. And not that they've been without their drama. They they <laughs> certainly had some. We could kind of tell when we were there. But it, it had died down, and, and it seemed like everybody was doing really well with uh, mending fences or at least letting things lay without hashing it all up. Nashville's and, been blessed with a space for 21 years now in some form, so that's really a blessing. We got to see that space all, last night. It was amazing. All of these opportunities in Baltimore let you develop a new facet of yourself, volunteerism. Yeah, it was the way that I thought of, you know, I'm new to the community coming to the area. Uh, I may not be new to the lifestyle, even though I'm, I haven't been in the lifestyle all that long, but, but three years before I got here. And okay, so what's the easiest way for me to meet people? I was leaving an old life behind and coming to a whole new life. So going from the friends I had, uh, some of whom chose to take sides and 
And, and I don't have an issue with that because it's easier to take sides with the person who's remaining than the person who's leaving. So that's what many of them chose to do. So I really don't have a lot of the friends left that I had out West. Okay, well, now I'm in a new place and I don't know anybody. So what's going to be the easiest way for me to get to know people and meet people? And, and the easiest way truly was volunteering. I recommend that too to new people coming in that, you know, if, if they're a bit timid or shy or, you know, not sure how do I go about meeting people in this community, you know, do I just walk up to somebody and start a conversation? Well, sure, I tell them that works. if that's too intimidating for you, volunteer, come into the playhouse and volunteer, go to events. Um, I, I'm a board member now this year for um, Best Educational and Social Society, which is our Baltimore version of Black Rose, essentially, that DC has. So we need volunteers for things. And so I'm telling new people, you know, it's the easiest way. It really is the easiest way to come in and meet people. And, you know, you have a role to fill. So you're not just kind of fumbling with yourself, not knowing what to do. You, you have a job to do. At Baltimore Playhouse, one of the first things kind of everybody wants to do is, is work the snack bar. Because at the snack bar, you have full view of everything, almost everything going on in the play space. So it's a, it's a nice way to be able to watch and see things that happen and probably for new people coming in, things you've never seen before. It's also a place where people come up and talk with you. Other people are starting conversations with you right off the bat. You came to Baltimore from a very small community. So your first time walking into a play space. No, actually. <laughs> I had been in 2012 down to Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, oh Phoenix got a very exciting community down there. Yes, Apex. Yes, they have Apex, Arizona Power Exchange. And uh, shout out to Tess and all of them there. Love those guys. Home to the Butchman experience for many times. Yep. And this past September, they they went on the road and came to Baltimore, and we got to experience Butchman's, Master and I. That was amazing. Your first time walking into a play space, so you walked into Apex. Yes. What was that like as a newbie? Well, it wasn't my first time at a play party. We, we'd had those locally with, with friends in, in Colorado where I'd been. But this was definitely, you know, it's got its own space and it's not, you know, private residence. It was a, it was a really interesting experience. I was down there for about two months and um, got to have a couple of really great experiences and scenes that I, that I did. Helped make someone kind of popular that apparently hadn't been before that. He was. He had a good reputation, but he just wasn't all that well known. And then we did a scene that he just got beat on the right girl. Sometimes <laughs> there was no big shock since you already been to some private play events. Because I hear new people sometimes coming into play space first time. They're in kind of shock. They've heard about this stuff. They, you know, the Fifty Shades movies or or Eyes Wide Shut. But here they're in the middle of it. And yeah. It's yeah. quite quite a different when you reach out and touch it almost. One one of the scenes I did in that couple of months I was down there, the person that I did the scene with, that evening at the party, when he brought me in, we walked around the dungeon and b- before the party started. Because, of course, they have this, I don't know if it's still the same, because I know they just like moved next door in the last year or so. But um, what the setup that they had was the black floor space is the dungeon area. And the red floor space is the social area. And you are not allowed in the dungeon area unless you are part of a scene. So um, if you're watching, you are restricted to the social area. But we went around and, and looked at the equipment. And he said, what looks comfortable for you? And I picked a, a spanking bench that was in a corner with a big spotlight on it. And I said, well, that looks comfortable. 
but I don't know that I'm comfortable with it being on a stage with a spotlight. He said, no problem. He pulled it off the stage and put it dead center in the middle of the floor and aimed my butt right at the social area. So, um, yeah, be, be careful, careful what, what you, you ask, ask for. for. <laughs> you weren't in the spotlight. Be careful what you ask for. I did learn that lesson that night. It was it was quite an interesting scene. Anything else that you can tell people about the benefits of volunteering? I'm sure each space has their, you know, here's what we give you in exchange. Um, oftentimes it's admission, free admission. Um, what Baltimore Playhouse does is usually work half the evening so that you can have the other half to to play and or enjoy and do whatever you want for the other half. So you get that. But there's also just um, being able to, again, meet people, that whole idea of you're contributing something. So does this factor into your self-esteem also? Absolutely. So these two are kind of intertwined. They, they are. interlace yeah. together. Yeah. Because another one of the things that, that Tony teaches about is oftentimes when you feel low on self-worth, it's because you are busy focusing on yourself. And if you're taking the time to volunteer as one example to focus on other people, then that completely goes away. When, when you're focused on other people, you can't feel worthless. You can't feel the negative things. At that moment, you have value to the person in front of you. Right. Taking kink out of it. As a person making a midlife course change, you say, just do it? Oh, yeah. One can't stay miserable in a life and survive very long. One of Tony Robbins' phrases is, you grow or you die. And I know he got that from somebody else, but I, I've always believed that to be true. And I felt like I was in a relationship where I, I was certainly growing, and the other person not only wasn't, but was choosing not to. My master felt the same way about his previous relationship, that, that he was told she didn't want to grow. And he, he was puzzled by that. He says, okay, what am I supposed to do in the meantime? Like, that's, you know, personal growth. It was one of the first things we found that we had in common. And so we're kind of all about that. And what things do we use to grow? And in fact, Monday night, we're doing a guiding a discussion on when you make mistakes um, because we could all easily wallow in mistakes that we make. But so, so how do we just use them to learn from and be able to move on without staying in that place of uh, self-pity or misery or I'm not worth it? We had a guest on just recently that is, she has about the same time frame involvement that you do. And compared to us old farts over here, Woody and I, you all are upstarts. But do you feel that that should just stop you? Because it obviously isn't, and we're glad it isn't, from contributing to the community because you're, you're educating and so forth. Do you? Well, and this, and this is a beginning for me. I, I'm, I'm a bit humbled by the fact that looking at the list of people you guys have, have interviewed previously, and you called me, and I, I'm like, why would you call me? I, I haven't done any of this before. <laughs> Every person has a worth and a story Absolutely. to tell. And your story is the reason you're here. Absolutely. Um, and that's, you know, something that my master has been reminding me of. He says, you're doing good things. And, you know, I'm proud of you. Get out there and do it. And, and, and I'm proud of me, too, at this point. So you don't have to wait 20 years no. before you start giving back to the community. No. I, I have a friend right now, actually, who um, her big thing She's only been in the community. I don't think she's even been in the community for two years. But she picked up on a particular um, skill 
very, very quickly and was shocked that in about six months' time, she was being asked to do presentations on that skill. And she's like, how did this happen? <laughs> I, I don't get it. She says, why would they call me? I was like, because obviously you're good at what you do. You know, you learned it quickly. And, and obviously people see you as a person of integrity as well, or they wouldn't be asking you. And focus comes in there. You know, once you say you're going to learn something and you become the expert, it is about personal focus and growth in that area Absolutely. to the point where they can be a mentor to some degree. A future in the community for you? I think so. We're attending MSC this year, Master Slave Conference. Uh, we're actually talking about the possibility of competing next year. I don't know if he wants me to not say that. <laughs> Not want me to what say do you that. <laughs> have been on the periphery of contests and they are an intensive weekend they are yeah i am headed out for a conference in a couple of weeks that has a contest several contests attached and we'll be covering some of the people and it's a, just a hairy weekend and then if you win it gets even worse then it's a hairy year we have right. interviewed several title holders during their term and it's an adventure and they all wouldn't give it up it's a wonderful thing because it does do the volunteerism. It adds to their self-worth. It mm -hmm. adds to the community uh, rallying behind them. It's really a, a growing experience for everybody attached to them. Win or lose. I encourage you to be crazy and do it because it takes a matter of insanity to, <laughs> to be in a contest. Well, we hope you stick around for a long time, and we're glad to have you in Tennessee for the weekend. Thank you. And with this lovely weather you brought with you. Oh, well, <laughs> if I'm going to take credit for that, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not? Okay, thank you so much for visiting with us, and we hope to hear more of your stories as you go. All right, thank you. Thank you, Tina. You have been listening to episode 184 of the Kinky Cast. For more information about this show, go to kinkycast.com. The Kinky Cast is a production of Rooster in the Round. On behalf of all our Kinky crew, I'm Max. See you next week when we present Master Jim on BDSM 12-step programs. Mm -hmm.